as the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah. John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. God's grace, love, and peace be with you. Amen. So I remember the spring of fifth grade. We were nearing the final stretch of the school year, and my teacher, Mr. Benish, pulled out a small Snoopy trophy. The words on the plaque said, world's greatest math student. He shared with the class that whoever completed the most extra math credit by the end, by the last day of school, would get the trophy. Now, I can understand more clearly now Mr. Benish wanting to reinforce equation fundamentals before the days of summer had their way. But the task was locked in my brain. I completed every extra credit assignment. And still, I remember laying on our 1980s rust-colored shag living room carpet the night before the last day of school, wondering if I could have done more. Most of my friends were off playing outside in the warm evenings of spring, not really needing a Snoopy trophy to tell them that they were good at something. Now, every therapist in the room could diagnose my lack of self-esteem. Even at age 11, I was wrestling with the questions, what am I good at? Am I enough? I don't think we ever outgrow these inquiries. Now, I don't have answers for you today on why Jesus is baptized. And really, Luke doesn't seem much interested in the actual events. He doesn't give us any details other than to mention after the baptism that Jesus is praying. And it is then that the heavens open up and the Holy Spirit descends in bodily form like a dove. Now, I don't know how else a dove can descend other than in bodily form, but I guess Luke wants us to know 
that the Spirit is real, and it's now with Jesus as he begins his ministry. And then we hear God's words. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. The very first words that God announces about God in human form is love. Sheer admiration without Jesus doing anything to be worthy of it. And so we turn the page and we begin this season of Epiphany, which is bookended by these words of God, you are my beloved. We hear them today, and then seven weeks from now, we will hear them in another story. Love marks a new year. And here in the Northern Hemisphere, in the season of such darkness, where we all are questioning our worth, where we all have a bit of compassion fatigue, looking out for others, where depression and anxiety take hold, and where our productivity seems to wane. Dan Coffin, a member here at Mount Olivet, his funeral was here last Tuesday. Dan died too early of a malignant brain tumor. And I was reminded as I was presiding at that funeral that we begin every funeral remembering the promise that God made in baptism, that we are loved and forgiven without merit. God's love and admiration begin life and they end life. Nothing else in this world can save us. But then what about the days in between? Don't they count for something? Well, maybe Luke's words can help us today. We hear that the heavens can be opened and the spirit actually comes down in bodily form. So that's what I hang on to at funerals. And that's what I always look for. Where is a glimpse of heaven being opened? And how is the spirit showing up? And usually, it just comes through regular people embodying this belovedness, actually being loved to remind someone else that they matter in that moment, even here, when all other evidence points elsewhere. And the thing about love and revealing love for another is that it impacts the receiver as much as it impacts the giver. So I got the trophy. And as Mr. Benish walked us out into the hallway on the last day of school, he leaned down and whispered in my ear, you are a great kid, Beth, even without this trophy. 
I don't think faith is meant to be comprehended. It's meant to be experienced in all the humanness of this life. As water is splashed on a baby's head, as bread and wine is shared among strangers, a call, a visit when the grief of death envelops us, a teacher's affirmation to a kid. Jesus' ministry begins, and he will teach, but mostly he will reveal what God's love looks like and tastes like and smells like and feels like and sounds like. Love in the daily and the messy. We see it in the stories that are to come, and it's not always well-received. And so how about this for Epiphany? What if we simply follow Jesus as he reveals this bodily divine love? We live in the frailty of these pandemic days, and we so need to hear that we are loved beyond all the extra credit. And so hear this today. You are loved, and you get to be love to someone, to a world that so needs it. The rest is peanuts. Amen.